I won more premierships alone than the other he 19 managers. He has created an absolute Boys, we are here to rant. James, we have to do justice before we just slide right into the top four. I didn't want to get off track. This, this is one of the best title races of all time. Good afternoon, and Patrick. You're in a really heated race to finish in the top four. And you trot out a B team. What do they need? What on earth? I don't have an option. I'm talking World Wow. Welcome. Welcome. To Prem de la Prem. Welcome back to Prem de la Prem. We are recording this Wednesday night, December 16th. It's a Match Week 12 recap. It's a most of Match Week 13 recap. It's whatever you want it to be. It's Patrick. It's James. You know why you're here and you know what to expect from us at this point. Patrick. Yes. Did you have a specific question? No. Didn't sound like you were done. Uh-uh. James, all right. <laughs> I like how you timestamp things just because we're doing all these midweek games. We're coming hard and fast. Uh, and it's, it's, we never know what's, what's happened. Our goal yeah. of the weeks are going to start to blend. The district's going to start to blend. But this is the best time of the year in the Premier League um, if you don't think about the health of the players. It's the best time of the year. Yeah. No, no, no. Leave that behind. Leave behind COVID um and general well-being of the sport but you know it's it, it's we're getting to those days where you start cracking open the wine bottle still shows am a. on the old clock there things start feeling a little funky our takes are only going to be valid for a very minuscule sliver of time so when you're listening to this who knows you know united could be top of the table for all we know but right now but leave it's might be void by the time this airs right Right. A little bit of self-preservation. Well, Patrick, mm-hmm. before we get into the games, the lames, the shames of the week, uh, a quick see you again to our buddy Slavin Bilic at West Brom. And this is the exact moment in the cast where I'd love for you to put in like the first piano phrase of, mm-hmm. of that beautiful, beautiful song. Understood. It'll just be, it'll be an underscore. Puth style. Yeah. Yeah, Puth style. Well, sacked off his best result of the season... Actually, I think they got to win. Sacked off his uh, second best performance of the season. Slavin Bilic is out at West Brom, the first manager, Premier League manager, to be sacked this season. Seems harsh. Seems harsh. Mm-hmm. But in comes was, Big uh, Sam. So the league, 2020 in the Premier League, I mean, the characters we have on the touchline, as much as I like Bilic, we did get an upgrade in that sense. Yeah, when Big Sam comes knocking with his gigantic knuckles, uh, you get the press lined up. Like, I feel like Billich could have gone out there, gotten a 3-0 result, and then Big Sam's like, I'm waiting. Yeah, you know, I mean, the fact that it happened after that result and how quickly it happened after the result, you know it was it was sorted. It was sorted. They'd already it got leaked. Settled. It wasn't pretty. Yeah. Yeah. No, it was, hey, you know, after after we lose, after we lose to City, we're going to sack them off. You're going to come in. It's going to mm-hmm. be great. And then lo and behold, puts in a little bit of a shift, a little mm-hmm. bit of a defensive masterclass. Um, well, you hit the nail yeah. on the head. We we traded in a Ford Fusion. We got ourselves a Taurus in Big Sam, or should I say a pickup, F-150. A little giddy up. He's, he's one of my favorite managers. He's a Premier League legend. And Patrick, I, this 2021 season might be the golden age of managers in the Premier League. All I would ask for is maybe a, an Arsene Wenger in return for like a Graham Potter. And then I think like a Harry Redknapp as well would do me nicely. But other than mm-hmm. that, these are, this is the golden age of managers. Yeah. I'm literally just looking at the table. Say like, who would I drop? The first person that I don't really care for 
And I don't really have a feeling about him. Like, Dean Smith isn't a character. He's at 11th in the table. But he's a fine manager, right? But everyone right. else got some character, some personality. Right. It's awesome. And, James, I actually did a little bit of preparation here. And I'm here to put some respect on Big Sam's name. This man, in my opinion, has had four consecutive successful managerial stints. He's been out of the game for a minute. Last coached in 2018. But his last job kept Palace up. Before that... Kept Everton up. Before that, undefeated as the England manager. And then before mm-hmm. that, I would actually say keeping Sunderland up, even though he got sacked when he did after what happened to Sunderland after the fact, I'd say that was a decent shout. So first off, the, go ahead. Respect respect on the undefeated as an England manager. He was a hundred percent record. Mm-hmm. All time. Fair All time. Yeah. Big Sam is the underappreciated artist. You know, we all know the Allardici story. If he had an Italian last name, he'd be coaching at the Bernabeu. Sadly, <laughs> sadly, that did not come to be. But he has never been relegated with a team. And the man is a crazy person. He only signs like 18-month contracts He's a six with an contract. option to review. Yeah. <laughs> He's a six-month contract with West Brom. His last, his last two jobs... Or his last three jobs, sorry, his last three jobs in the Premier League, Palace, Everton, and Sunderland, he took the job mid-season and was, did not, he kept the team up and did not start the next season as their manager. Mm-hmm. He's here to do a job, mm-hmm. and I trust I, him to do it. He is, you know, the trade-off there with Big Sam, he'll keep you up, but you will hate him. You know, it's, it, it's just the dance that he does with his fans. Like, the fans don't realize that he's taking your, your shit club and keeping them in the Premier League because you're too busy watching your uh, center backs just hoof the ball up to, like, a 6'5 striker who only knows how to head the ball. I think he, he, uh, he famously said when he's talking about, um, you know, when he loses to, like, or when, when he beat, you know, bigger sides with, uh, you know, managers and you know, foreign players. And all he says, when they, when they play a 50-yard ball, it's a, it's a cultural pass. When I play it, I'm hoofing it. So, yeah, he's, he knows what he's about. Uh, Route 1 football, we're about to see a little bit of it. Mm-hmm. And, I'm, and, and, and let's think about it, right? West Brom, they got seven points. Fulham and Burnley both sit on nine points. Burnley has two games in hand, and then it's Brighton at 11, and then you know, it's, you know, that's, that's probably your relegation battle as it sits today. So mm-hmm. he's, he's right in the mix of things. You, you look at Sheffield United sitting on one point still. Might have to start talking about them a little more, James, but... West Brom is certainly within that range early enough in the season. He he could make an impact here. He can make an impact. Are you yeah. willing to? I, I don't know if you have any other points. I was going to put your put your feet to the fire. No, I think you're you're getting onto the same thing as uh, as I was mulling over in my brain. But the last thing I do want to say is I think we owe it to the fans. Let's see here. What's what's their first game? Actually, well, it depends when we next cast. Ooh, when they go to play Liverpool at Anfield. I think Probably. we owe it to the fans. <laughs> we owe it to the fans to do a tactical analysis of how Big Sam sets up his team. Because I reckon he gets into the coaching room, knocks down all those little chips and magnetic markers that attach to the whiteboard, just pulls out a big old Sharpie, and he doesn't hold it like a pen. He kind of grips it like a rock. And he writes, get in the mixer. And that is the strategy. <laughs> So he, so he's he's one level ahead of Ale in his in his tactics. Oh, <laughs> that's title chasing Ale to you. Anyway, right, right, yeah, yeah. No, let's let's go out and express yourselves, lads, and, and then yeah. you know, get, get in the yeah. mixers a little, more, a little bit the, more tactical. Do the badge proud, and then everyone else looks around and they're like, "Okay, do you know what position you're playing this game?" No, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the, I, think, I think I'm happy to do that ask. analysis. Yeah, yeah. 
You were are about we to ask. It? Are we dropping it? I'm not dropping it. I think this is. I think this is a uh, a mountain too tall for Sam to climb in his big boots. I think West Brom wow. is still a doomed club. I know he has a certain, you know, record for keeping teams up, but Fulham and West Brom, Patrick, I just don't think they're the same cheddar as the rest of these teams in the Premier League. I stand by that. Mm. Are you willing to stand alone on your own two feet? Oh, man. What what part of this would you be dropping? James, quite frankly... I've 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 kind of gone full heel on Fulham. I think you don't think either really Fulham or football. West Brom is getting relegated now. West Brom, I want to drop for the meme for Sam. <laughs> okay. Fulham, I actually have started to rate. So you're actually on the sauce, even though they did draw nil nil with Brighton today. That is 16th place Brighton. I'm talking about getting up at the table here, James. They're taking points off people ahead of them. That's what you got to do. <laughs> That's what you got to do teams. in a relegation battle. Yeah. Also, they took they they took points off Liverpool, so they're just they're they're just chipping away, chip 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 away. Trust okay. them to get it done. Anyway, who knows what's going to happen here? Um, I'll stay in it with you if you want me to. I'll stay in it with you. I, I'll I'll ride it with you if you need me. If you need me, I'll stay in it with you. Let's revisit this as a New Year's resolution. Give me a couple weeks to have them change your mind for me, and we'll revisit it in a couple weeks. Right now, I want you to ride it out with me. I want you to feel out what uh, Sam Allardyce looks like in that that baggy jacket. Got you. Understood. Baggy as the nickname, and baggy also probably by the fit of the jacket. I'll sit on it. I'll sit on it for you. All right. Sit on it. Game of the week. Liverpool versus Spurs. This just happened today. It's hot off the press. You're hearing it first on Prem de la Prem. This game didn't even happen until we recapped it. Patrick, Jose ordered a tactical masterclass to Jurgen's table at the restaurant. When the waiter showed up, Klopp said, that's not what I ordered. Send it back. Liverpool 2, Spurs 1. Big shot, Bob. Bobby Firmino with Uh a finish. Uh A clutch finish. James, I don't know what's going to happen this le- this year, but it's fixtures and it's results like this that separate the champions from the Champions League. And Liverpool nice. showed us why they were champions, man. They just they they got it done. Spurs had their opportunity. They had plenty of opportunities. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they they played the game that we expected them to play. We played the game that we think that they're going to be good at and they've proven that they 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 can put themselves in a position to get results off everybody, but couldn't get it done. No. Get done. This is this is one of our last weeks to to invoke the uh, only in 2020 like uh, meme or or analogy setup, and I'm willing to use that here. Only in 2020 could you see Harry Kane miss the uh, the wide open header at the end of the game, and then Bobby Firmino just smashes one in off the top of his head um, yeah. in the 90th minute. Um, yeah, it's just it was levels. it was. It was Spurs masterclass without the clinical nature. And I mean that in the sense that, yes, Son already took a goal from a very clinical uh, counterattack that is classic Spurs. But when you get four clear-cut chances, you have to take at least half of those. That's just the way way Spurs plays, 24% possession. When you get those chances, you make them count, and he is... Cursing Harry Kane's head. He is cursing Bergwijn and the Liverpool post because that got in the way of, you know, we'll get to the manager antics, but what he perceived to be a very clear winning strategy 
And um, Liverpool, very much the aggressor at home at Anfield and the way they play, um, finally made that pressure tell with that goal at the end. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it, yeah, it's just, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, it's, it's hard to not talk about the managers. You know, it's just, it's we're talking about the characters. These are two of the, two of the best. But yeah, the way, like, you hit the nail on the head. You know, Spurs must be opportunistic. And they have benefited from having two of the two of the most I say the two most like you know lethal finishers so far in the league uh, in yeah. Stone and Kane that they're they're not they're not just taking their chances they're taking their half chances so you can you can play within that style but if you don't which is the risk because you're not creating as many if you don't take those chances you open the door mm-hmm. and yeah I mean they, they they still defended well it's gonna be it's gonna be difficult to score um, you know in spades against the Spurs team especially when they're playing the sit-the-back style and not opening it up. So against these top teams, I expect a lot of these games. We saw uh, the KG, the the KG, um, the draw against Chelsea. Chelsea. Uh, they didn't really have much much to do against mm-hmm. Arsenal, but they were still even sitting back there. Uh, we saw them lose in the opening match week to Everton, sitting back and letting the game come mm-hmm. to them before they really got on form. So and this the, is how they play. This is who they are. The City versus Spurs game uh, a couple of weeks ago, a few weeks ago, was basically like this Liverpool versus Spurs game, except... City didn't have teeth, and Liverpool had teeth. Like, mm-hmm. I think City had the same exact possession stats. It was probably like 76 to 24, and I remember all their corners and their crosses, but, um, you know, it, it's yeah. kind of a different beast this season with Liverpool, you have to admit. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. And, and you uh, look at the, the the center back pairing today, you know, they're they're – they're still getting it done. And I do think that you would you, – you knew what Spurs were going to do, and I think it's probably the best tactic, but – you know, I think you also do do have to think like you know maybe maybe we should have gotten after those two center backs a little bit more with the form Kane and Son are on. Maybe we should have opened it up a little bit. Oh, you know, I don't know. You know, I'm starting to think that that might be Pandora's box with Spurs. You know, if you play that expansive open game and you let Hoiberg kind of get out of position where he's not marshalling that defense, how much do you trust Eric Dyer to close down Salah? Sure, you know, yeah. I mean, they, like, they, they rely um, on their shape. They rely on their shape, no doubt. I'm just saying. If a game is there for the taking, and you know, with all due respect to Fabinho and the guy that I can't name, those two guys are there for the taking. If you're Harry Kane <laughs> and Hume unnamed and center back too, right? Who played well? Who played well? I'm just, just sorry, I'm forgetting the kid's name, but he's, I think he's like Williams or something, right? Yeah, I mean, if if if, if your number's over forty, I have no obligation to know your name. That's true. That is in the contract. Mm-hmm, well, mm-hmm. Patrick, the fact that I, I know mean, Trent's name is insane. You. T- <laughs> You talked about the managers being the centripetal force of this conversation. And just so you know, I made a deal with the devil where basically we agreed that I could deal and handle uh, Klopp's fist pumps, his three pumps to the cop end after a win and his badge slapping if it meant that in return we get unhinged Mourinho. And apparently it looks like my prayers were starting to be answered because in the post-match uh, handshake and, and scuffle and cuffle, uh, Mourinho told Klopp that the best team lost. <laughs> do you agree with that with that assessment clearly Klopp did not no I don't no no and I, I don't think it was lopsided I think that to his point I mean I, I don't know what the expected goals were in this game I know you've come to come to expect that from me but I wouldn't be surprised if Spurs led there and if that's how you want to count it sure but no I mean it, expected goals have never won anybody in the league so at the end of the day, Liverpool took their chances and Spurs didn't. I thought Liverpool were putting the pressure on and Spurs held the wall relatively well. Mm-hmm. 
and then the, there were there were opportunities for Spurs that were very very good. So from that sense, yes, I, Jose Mourinho's team or Jose, if, excuse me, I know he doesn't like that. Jose Mourinho's team did the job that they set out to do, and they lost, and that's why he's a little salty. Yeah. No, without a doubt. Without a doubt. And every time that Mourinho says Spurs aren't legitimate title contenders, I just look at his face when a team misses a big chance. Mm-hmm. Because uh, in his mind, it, it's, the, it's the route to hoisting the trophy at the end of the season. And do not be fooled that it's not. Bergwijn, they're, uh, they're marching he's sitting in the small, back of the man. coach. Yeah. Was that? Oh, Deli yeah. Alley I mean, the way, the way they play football. Yeah, even even coaxed that Deli Alley storyline. Yeah, Deli Alley made an appearance today. I don't, I don't know if there's a way back for him. Maybe they're just trying to show people it can still run before the window opens. But they're, I think that's his you know, way of being like, well, I gave him a shot, and kind got, of just like validating it to himself. Yeah, I mean, I would there be a better kind of head-to-head manager adversary for the title race? Would, would Mourinho displace either Klopp or Pep? Because Pep and Klopp have got a really good thing going. Mourinho, to me, is peak banter. I don't want him in the title race, but I think Mourinho versus Klopp, I think that's the show. I really That do. is my favorite. It's my favorite showdown. Patrick, it goes back to when Mourinho was at United um, in the United-Liverpool derby. Um, Klopp essentially got Mourinho fired um, after mm. after United's defeat at Liverpool. It was, it was Mourinho's last game. It goes back even further before that when he was at Madrid, and I think Klopp's Dortmund showed showed them up on the way of the final. So so don't you know? Don't get it twisted. There's history here, and um, I there is something to me. You know, the easy low hanging fruit is Mourinho just kind of like burning out like a dying star. And, and dropping Tottenham to like eighth or ninth place and going completely off the handle. But I think for all us neutral Mourinho lovers, the piece de la resistance will be Tottenham falling just short in a title challenge and seeing how he reacts to that. Yeah, I mean, let, let's let's make no mistake here. They're still in, you know, they're, they're still in incredible form. This was the first mm-hmm. game that they lost since the first match week. So they've been, they've been on fire. Uh, they have Leicester next, so... No rest for the wicked. We'll have to see what they get. They, they can get up to. Mm-hmm. That's going to be an interesting fixture. I think if they don't take three points there, we see an even better Mourinho. Mm-hmm. That's true. That's true. It, it just molds him into a I better do, Mourinho. I do have to say, I, I continue to be impressed with Jurgen Klopp and what that team is able to accomplish with their rotation. Oh. I know Mourinho talked about all the players that they still had, but look at that back line and tell me that's a title-winning back line. No chance, right? And, no. And, they they're able to make it work, and I I think that that's a credit to the man on the touchline more than anyone. The system is greater than the players, and Klopp lately with his his moaning about the schedule and the injuries, like it's like it's an exclusively Liverpool problem. I had a realization pretty recently where I was like, oh, you know, screw this guy. I, I hate the way that he just speaks only in terms of things happening in Liverpool and just goes to battle for them and like all these things. And I'm like, oh shit, this is what Ferguson did for like 20 years. And this is why yeah, people yeah. like hated, but respected him at the exact same time. He just stand his team yeah. so hard to the death. Yeah. You know? and, and I think that's, that's, it's, I mean, it's a great leadership characteristic because he's, he's backing his players. He's backing his team. Um, I mean, it, he is, he is a, a bit of a, a bit of a sore loser more so than I'd, I'd probably care for if I was in a, you know, in a head-to-head race with him, but total surrealist. Not a all the best managers are. Yeah, 
I mean, you should. It's, it's that obsession, right? I mean, we saw. Mm-hmm. We, we, I'm sure we'll talk about Pep and his antics, but it's they just have a <laughs> freak of the week calling. Oh yeah, yeah. Was that my freak? Who'd I put my freak? Oh, I got I I, I got the other, I got someone else in that in that incident. But uh, we'll, we'll we'll touch on that. We'll touch yeah. on that surely. But I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to more of more of Klopp, more Mourinho, and more of more of all these guys on the touchline. Man, we just got great. I guess Brandon Rogers is kind of meh, but he's still got that storyline to him. Yeah, all these he's guys like, are great, man. He's the uh, he's like the turtle of the group. I'd love to keep around. Anyway, <laughs> lame of the week, Patrick. For me, I don't know about you. It was the Manchester Derby that took place this past weekend. Um, I believe it contained all the ingredients of a nice melatonin, something that'll soothe you, put you to sleep. Uh, it wasn't the result that I wanted, but it might have been the result that I needed after Leipzig—a drab and dreary nil-nil draw. Because I was so emotionally drained and so in fear of a drubbing. I mean, uh, you know, off the record, I, I hit you up saying, "Would you put a hundred dollars on City?" I don't think you did it, so I appreciate that. Um, but that being said, this this result actually sat kind of nicely in a weird way. Um, it, it it was just a nice stress-free float through my Saturday afternoon. I don't know how it felt to a neutral. Well, I mean, it, it wasn't a good game. Uh, <laughs> it's a terrible but, game. <laughs> it's an absolutely no, I can, shit game. <laughs> I can identify you because I'm here... You know, getting getting one guy sent off, drawing at home to Southampton one one, thinking, "Hey, that's not so bad. We're making some moves." <laughs> so I feel you. I feel you in that. Um, but man, yeah, the one like, one, the one one draw at home to Southampton, the moral victory. So yeah, they with call the, it. with the red card, <laughs> with the red card. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, anyway, no, I mean it, was, it wasn't a, it wasn't a, a, a great game, and and you know I don't think for all of it, uh, United have really. Given us what we've wanted from from them against the big sides this year, uh, they mm-hmm. made Arsenal look like a proper football team. Um, sure. What did they do with with uh, the, this this one? We haven't done lame. well. We haven't done well against the top teams. I think this game was most comparable to United Chelsea nil nil as well. I was going to say that one. I was where trying Chelsea. To figure who so it was. when when teams when top teams play United now, they don't fall into the trap of last season where they think United is there for the taking, which they are, but they did that at risk of getting hit on the counter, which say what you want about United, we are one of, if not the best, maybe Spurs, one of the best counterattacking teams in the league and will hurt them. So when Chelsea came to play and when City came to play, they said, we're still going to, you know, try and get a win and kind of pass around them, but we're not leaving ourselves exposed. So United's, United's attack demands respect. And if you don't respect it, they will punish you. And you even see mm-hmm. that like other teams open up against them. West Ham's get big for their britches and they just get p- fucking pummeled. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, yeah, I mean, they're absolute class. I think that's all driven by Bruno. Yeah, no, without a doubt. I mean, be nowhere without him. And you know, it, it's funny, like Ollie got a lot of stick for this. And I think like wh- whichever way Ollie ends up phrasing things, it's not the right way to say it, but like the sentiment of what he says, you're like, yeah, I could see how that came out of his mouth. He said it wasn't the best, it wasn't a good result, but it was the best performance against City they've had in a while. And obviously we did the double again against them last year. So you're like, why are you saying this? But performance wise, I see what he was saying. It was toe to toe with City. We weren't afraid of City and we were we were solid and it wasn't a hit them on the counterattack game. So it felt very even Whereas you remember, you and I watched them play 
and squeak out that win at the Eddie had where they were literally defending for their lives for the last 30 minutes or whatever it was. It was, um, it, it felt like a, like a lower table team, like eking out yeah. a famous victory. So I see why he was saying that, but for me, it's still the lame because when the, when the best moment of the game is, is Fred doing a roulette move on, on KDB, um, bringing back a little bit of Brazilian, Brazilian heritage, then, you know, it's a pretty low quality game. Yeah, I mean, it was just yeah, it's just not a, and this is and this is the thing I think about about City is is I don't think people think they're there for the taking, um, but they've lost their bite. I think that people are less afraid, and maybe maybe this all changes when Aguero can actually get back into yeah. know, some proper match fitness. I a hundred percent. I'm interested 100%. to know how much that changes what they do, and and then we if 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 we see. Uh, a pretty big difference, you know. I think we all recognize that that he's better than Jesus, but um, for City, this is woeful form. And there's, I don't think there's any other way around it. You know, they it's bad. Just they don't have the bite that that. that and I'm not, I'm not trying to make a comparison to the completely dreadful Arsenal form, but City do play a possession dominant game, and when you're not creating chances or you're not sharp, and they they do create a ton of chances, but. You know they got against against United. They had two shots on target, right? That's not gonna that's not gonna get it done against really any team. So, right, they've got to figure out a way to get a little bit more bite. And for me, Rodri, Gundogan, that that, that midfield doesn't strike fear to me. For me, it's you you take out you take out De Bruyne. You make sure you never lose sight of him, and then you take your chances uh, defending defending one on one the guys on the wings. Yeah, and if you know, you hope that you hope that a little bit of individual magic doesn't beat it because it mm-hmm. seems like that is what City requires right now is bits of individual brilliance, and yeah, it's a dangerous thing to rely on. If you're if you're a City fan, you have to be wondering what's going on with Sterling. He he's he's got his yips back. Like, you know, mm-hmm. it, it really felt like he turned the corner, and then I hate to say it, but obviously we're speaking in generalities. Ever since that miss in the Champions League, he's kind of gone back to maybe not putting away as many chances as he should. You're wondering what happening, what's happening to Bernardo Silva, who can't seem to find his way into the starting eleven and used to be like team of the season form. Um, however long ago that was, it, it it's it's head scratching for Pep, who's now got his new contract to to figure all this out. You've got supposedly class, class, class players who are playing like an average team and just not putting it together yeah i'm interested to see if they um for, it, it, we should mention i think i think fernand torres has been from what i've been able to watch of, yeah. of city games he's been the player of the season for me yeah he uh, should get maybe, um, i mean kyle walker's just so good i don't i don't you know but like fernand torres is a proper player yeah he uh, should get and, a run he should definitely get a long run yeah and i mean he's and he's putting pressure on um I mean, he, he, that that must be what's happening to Bernardo Silva's minutes. But here's the other thing about the minutes: I think Pep makes like he's he's making less than three subs in most of these games. He made one sub against um, against United. I don't know if he ended up making late subs against uh, West Brom. I'll actually pull it up right now. But it, it seems as though he was waiting on his subs yet again. So mm-hmm. maybe a little bit of stubbornness uh, on his end. Yeah, he made mm-hmm. two subs at the 75th minute. You know, just Mendy it's, and uh, Mendy and, um, and 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 Foden off for uh, Aguero and Walker. It's fraudulent behavior, that's for sure, Patrick. Like, and, why is uh, why is Bernardo Silva sitting on the bench 
and you got a Gundogan Rodri midfield against fucking Westbrook yeah. with ten minutes left in the yeah. game. It's an absolute joke. Well, and Torres true. and Morris, you got options. Like it's crazy. He's not utilizing this. I know. I know. It's strange. We'll see who they got next. Let's take a look. City? I think they got a, a, a decent challenge. It is Southampton. Southampton. Southampton Your boys yeah. in the uh, EFL Cup. And then home to Newcastle on Boxing Day. So mm-hmm. let's see how the fraud draws this one up. Should we move to our triple threat trio of shames? Yes. A shame, 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 shame if you will. Ooh, I like it. Okay, first and foremost... We're hearkening back to Wolves versus Villa. But let's be honest, this was the Mike Dean show. This is what all referees grow up wanting to do, and that's make a game about them. Mike Dean issued 11 yellow cards, not counting the second yellows that turned into red cards for Douglas Luiz and Joao Matinho. Um, If you want to look at a game that captures Mike Dean's full body of work and why he's revered as one of the... um, most interesting referees in the Premier League, this was the game. It was amazing. It's nothing short of amazing. <laughs> and I, I I think I owe the viewers some some referee impersonations at some point. But go and watch. <laughs> it's screaming out for the TikTok. Go and watch how he delivers the second yellow. The second yellow to Douglas Louise. He's walking over to give a foul. And you can see he's talking to his assistant. And his eyes light up. He says, oh, another yellow. And he goes, all right. And he goes and pulls it out. And he does the classic. He does the two hand at the same time. Yellows up. As yellow's coming down, up comes red. And then I think that he just wanted, I think he just wanted a little bit of a, a little bit of balance. He knew, he knew who was on a yellow. He's just, let's just see if someone puts in a leg. Let's just see if someone puts in a leg. They're only missing one game. It's not going to affect this one. And I get to send two people off. And there it was, Giamatino. Hardly did anything. Second yellow it was. And then again. As the yellow's coming down, up goes the red. It's a man that's given over 100 mm-hmm. reds in the Premier League. He knows how to get it done, folks. As it's coming down, up comes the second. Off you go. Scholars are going to talk about this game for generations to come. You mentioned it was one his 100th red. I, I didn't know that. I did know oh, it was that, his... Th- he gave that to Ashley Young years ago. He's, he's well over 100. Well past that. Well, I can tell you, uh, the second yellow to Moutinho was his 3,000th yellow card. <laughs> so 3,000 how many games not, has he officiated <laughs> less than that <laughs> less than 3,000 uh, there was I mean I remember United Burnley last year where Brandon Williams was like cleaned through on goal in a two on one he gets cleaned out by a Burnley defender professional foul he books Brandon Williams for diving so James I will say this I will say this. I did a quick little quick little stat check. I think we've yet to see Mike Dean at his peak. Last season was his second highest season in yellow cards per game at 4.26. 4.26 yellows per game and his highest ever red No, cards. it wasn't. It was not red. 4. It was not 4.2 yellows per game. He roughed 19 games last year, gave out 81 red or yellow cards. <laughs> Wait, no, 2 years ago. These are 18-19 stats. Sorry. So to, wait. Yeah. These are, yeah. These are eighteen nineteen stats. I don't yeah. have twenty twenty yeah. stats. So I have to look at okay. that. But he gave out nine red cards, at nearly a half a red card a game, which was oh. the highest he's ever done. He has never given out point three, and he gave out point four seven. So we might actually give out point three seven in two thousand six two thousand seven. I'll report back with a better Mike Dean 
uh, analysis next week. But Oh, it's amazing. To me, Mike Dean is the Jose Mourinho of referees. I love him in the Premier League, but I don't want him anywhere near my team. I think that's the best way I can summarize it. 100%. That's, that's beautiful. We just need a player involved. Who's the player? Who's the player that you love in the Premier League, but you don't want anywhere near your team? And then we have uh, the Holy Trinity. We'll, might have to think on that. Let's put that to the fans. We'll put that out on the gram. Patrick, mm-hmm. the last thing, a little, add a little salt bay on it. Nuno, when he was interviewed about... So Matinho, spoiler alert, upon review, I don't even know why VAR is there anymore. Don't ask me about the rules because I don't know them. But Matinho, there was no contact at all for his second yellow. And mm-hmm. when Nuno was asked about it after the game, he said, I don't know. You should ask Mike, who am I to question his decisions? <laughs> <laughs> so he's clearly got a lot of uh, credit built up in the manager department. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I, I just think that that's the respect Mike Ding commands, you know, when he, when mm-hmm. he dishes out a, a caution or a sending mm-hmm. off, you know it's legit. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so Patrick, this is the second week in a row. We've got Arsenal in the shame category, coming How off come? a loss. Coming off a loss to Burnley. Don't don't be don't be defensive. <laughs> You're in a safe space. We all you got a bunch of guys here that just love the hell out of you. You told me uh, we weren't going to talk about it today, James, and here we are. Patrick, we've all written down a little something we want to read out to you, if that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, why not? Ever since you started supporting Arsenal. <laughs> James, I, I'm, I'm happy you pulled me aside here today. Okay, so Burnley, 1-0 loss, red card to Xhaka. 1-1 draw to Southampton, a.k.a. the moral victory, uh, red card to Gabrielle. You got Everton away, City yeah. in the EFL quarterfinals, Chelsea at home on Boxing Day in the front view mirror. Where where do we stand mentally? Because I don't want to make you break it down just in case we have to come back and do this again next week. So yeah, no, I, a quick I, mental check in. So my expectations are zero. Um, <laughs> it's just yeah, there's just like no, there's like no like emotion when like Walcott scored. It's just like okay, all right, Walcott scored. You know, it's just, celebrates. Yeah, it's like fun. yeah, I don't give a shit. ten years at the club. Yeah, oh, he's going to his boyhood club. He, he think he's already he's already done his not celebrate at the Emirates. So. Fair play to him. Um, no, I mean, it's just, it's it's obviously shambles, right? Um, the players that I like are backing Arteta. The board seems to be backing Arteta. They also said they 100% back Emery to two matches before they sacked him. Um, but I don't remember players speaking out on behalf of Emery when things weren't going so well. And if I'm putting on my, my optimist hat, which I think is really my only option, just given how dreadful everything is, putting on my optimist hat, Ford saying Arteta was here to bring a cultural shift. I think we have a whole bunch of asshats at the club. And if he can accomplish that, great. Mm-hmm. We have a million dollars of weekly wages coming off the books next summer. Mm-hmm. This season's going to suck. And we're so not like so incredibly far off the pace in the table that if we can get a good run of form, which seems to be a million miles away right now, but if we can get it, you know, we can get back in the mix of things. And we got some cups that we're doing okay in. We'll see. I'm trying to stay positive, James, but it's... It's it's fucking hard to watch. Is what it is, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the first whistle blows, nil nil. Arsenal Southampton. The game's kicking off. You're sitting down to watch the game. What's running through your mind? Well, I was trying to run a meeting at the time, so it was a little <laughs> bit distracting. Uh, but I was I was happy with the team sheet. I was happy with the team sheet. I knew he had to rotate the team, uh, but I, I I thought it was positive, and I, I was I was hoping for a bit more. I think they created more than um, they did before, but it came, they came out with some of that FA Cup 
uh, tactics where they mm-hmm. had Saka, Saka on the wings, Maitland Niles on the wing, um, Tierney playing as a center back, and then two guys in the midfield with a Bamiang on, on, on the left. And they had a good move for a goal, trying to take positives out of it. Yeah, I feel like we didn't mean to, but I'm doing like a press conference. I'm just saying a whole bunch of PR bullshit to try and smooth the ship over. Yeah, um, you, you were doing a phenomenal job of the spokesperson who comes out and does I'm auditioning press to be, instead of Obama Young. I, I, here's the thing. The quality, the quality control they have in the Arsenal PR department is non-existent. So I think I could have the job. So I'm just, I'm just auditioning. Mezit rolls in. I think I can be of assistance. Yeah, it's like, hey, what do you think we fire the, uh, fire the dinosaur in the middle of the pandemic? Yeah, good idea. Good idea. Everyone. Yeah, it's no, just no. a brainstorm session. Guys, yeah. you know how we can make back $300 a month? <laughs> Yeah, it's just yeah, some baffling decisions they make. Um, <laughs> okay, yeah, so, we'll so see. yeah, we'll see. It's you're you're kind of on the proverbial beaches of Normandy right now. January is when reinforcements arrive. You just got to make it through Everton, City, and Chelsea. Dude, what? I, I my my whole perspective is just this this just blind optimism that January will bring will bring something positive and new hope. Because I have little hope right now. And so I'm Can just I give you a silver lining? Iota. Please. Silver lining? United, if not the most incompetent board in the Premier League, second only to Arsenal. We have a shit board. We bought Bruno Fernandez last January, and that changed our season. Arsenal know they are in a desperate state. Let's see what they do. Let's see what they do. If 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 LR is as good as People say he was, or he's supposed to be, and party can get back healthy. Then that's a that's two big midfielders in. So yeah, maybe oh, something can happen. Yeah, but we'll see. Hey, you just need to change the change the mood with a, with a signing. Yeah, all right. Let's just say they don't give me a lot of reasons to be to be optimistic. But I'm trying, James. I'm trying. I'm sticking. Survive, it out. Robert yeah. Downey Jr. Gift survive. We'll see if, we'll see if Mikel can survive. We'll see. Uh-huh. I'm rooting mm-hmm. for him, but oof. yeah, it, it's. I don't know if this is the ultimate form of disrespect. I'm rooting. I'm rooting for you again. Like I, I, I watch yeah. Arsenal games and I'm like, oh come on, like, come on guys, like let's 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 win this one. There's times where I'm like, just just give James a break, man. Like I just I just feel bad for him. Yeah, so I feel <laughs> you on that. I feel yeah. you on that. It's yeah. If not a sign of dis, but I will say this, and I'm sure you feel the same way. Second United get that win, I'm like, wasn't worth it. I should have risked for them to lose. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, yeah. The other exactly. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. I was I was a muddled mess in the last ten minutes of the Southampton Arsenal game. <laughs> my mind's telling me no yeah 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 yeah. all right oh, last but not Holdinho least almost did it Holdinho. oh would have been nice oh i know well patrick you and i can both have some fun with this one the last scoop of shame in the sunday chelsea chelsea chelsea, chelsea. lost to everton lost to wolves they're shit and patrick my favorite part about all of this, given all the fanfare around the squad and Lampard and being a dark horse for the title, which uh, ruined our credentials, we both endorsed last time. So, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. ruin our credentials there. Chelsea don't have a scapegoat to blame this poor form on. Jorginho's not getting a sniff in the team sheet. Otherwise, he'd be going down like a ton of bricks. They're not going to turn on Lampard like they did for Sarri. They're not going to turn on Havertz or Werner because they're new signings, and frankly, I do think they're going to come good. They want it to be Giroud, but he's the only one scoring goals right now. 
I feel like Chelsea's looking around, figuring out like who to blame and what to blame. And, you know, maybe they are just a young team figuring it out. But um, a pretty damning run of two losses, my friend. Yeah, and it is um, it has come to light, James, this week that they have not beaten the team in the top half of the table either. Ooh, um, stop the press. Yeah, so that is news. Or maybe it wasn't news. It's olds, but now it is known. So what we know... It has come to the light. Yeah, is that Chelsea have struggled to get results against teams in the top half of the table. What does that say for their title chances? If you look at history as any indication that, you know, you need to be able to beat those teams to win a title. So it has led me to the conclusion, James. Analysts say you have to be good to win a title. Your response. Yeah, they're, they're, I mean, I think that we would both admit it even when we thought they were in the race. I still think they're in the race. I think they're, they're, I am more comfortable now that they have actually had a bad run of form. Uh, it is. I am. I, I take pleasure in this uh, because they had been doing too good for too long. So mm-hmm. I'm happy to happy to see them checked back down to size because I I didn't think that they were miles ahead of um, you know uh, United or 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 Spurs or Arsenal coming into the season, and certainly that's how they started it. So mm-hmm. uh, do you take some pride in Patrick? that? I do wonder if they do. Have, I just think their squad needs needs more time to meld, and I think that's what we expected. And we yes. got a little too hot with their form. And yes. I, I, I agree with you. Werner and Havertz are going to come good. Um, I do think it's tricky to fit all these guys onto the field together, though. It seems like they have similar skill sets. Want to occupy the same parts of the pitch. We'll see. I, I still think there's a, a way to make it really, really dynamic. But um, mm-hmm. <clears throat> Zayac has been out. Maybe he's having a bigger impact on. Or yeah, he needs needs to have a bigger impact, or he he plays bigger. No, role I just I just think it's funny when you know it's like ah, oh, this is so unfair. Like Ziyech is now due for a spell out. It's like, dude, look at Liverpool's back line, <laughs> or like, oh, looks like you're gonna have like, to deal with Pulisic, Werner, Havertz, uh, yeah. running your front line there. You know, or it's Arsenal's like, entire team sheet. <laughs> Look at what I'm dealing with here. Well, yeah. Patrick, you know how ton of sympathy. You know how we said we're recording this at a very specific moment in time? Mm-hmm. The Mighty Reds have yet to travel to bottom placed one point team Sheffield United. James, so this is my <laughs> this is my tone. Wait. We're on the precipice of something never before seen here. But I will take this very specific moment in time to say. The crisis Manchester United team, led by the donkey show that is Ollie, is two games back played on Chelsea. And if we beat one point Sheffield United tomorrow, we move above them with a game still in hand. 23 points, Chelsea's 22 points. It To me, it reinforces everything that the media is spinning up with Chelsea and everything they're spinning up with United. And the proof is in the pudding. And I will revel in that if we beat one point Sheffield United tomorrow. Who's the donkey now? Ollie McBurney about to show up like Thomas Muller on a w- rainy, wet night in Stoke. Except oh. it's not Stoke and it's not rainy. It's Stuttgart. <laughs> yeah, comedy special coming spring 2021. Mm-hmm. Thomas Muller. It's going to be a dueling banjos yet? of Dane Cook and Thomas Muller. <laughs> <laughs> now that is content. <laughs> but good impressive uh, um impressive result from from Everton and they backed it up again with with a result against Leicester so they're that's a, it's an interesting team that Everton man they're kind they're, of back they're, they're kind yeah, of back yeah they're a weird one they they were hot then they were not maybe they they're hot again they got Arsenal next so 
Interesting one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they could they could win. They could win. Chelsea is Leicester, Arsenal on the trot, and you would have said that's a, that. You know, you look at that a month ago, you say that's probably when they're going to start to unravel. Yeah. So impressive. Is Hamas is Hamas still out from the torn scrotum, or is it a different injury? I don't know. I I don't know if the scrotum, scrotum complications. No, I I. I I'm not quite sure what what's the situation with Scrotegate. I will get an update for <laughs> the fans next week and understand why he is out. Um, but no, no, no updates on Scrotegate as it stands. Okay. Gilfie Sigerson okay. coming into the team with the armband though and making an impact. That's that's the, that's the upgrade for Everton. That Sigerson is now somebody you can bring off the bench. Like he's a suitable enough replacement if everyone else is in form. Right. Oh, Patrick. I've got it. I know, I know the player who I love in the Premier League, but want nowhere near my team. Who? It's David Luiz all the way. Mm. It's David Luiz all the way. It's so the holy it, the, trinity, the, the, the trinity. Of Jose Mourinho, yep. Mike Dean, and David Luiz. Yep, that's the one. That's one hundred percent the one. That's It'll the be one. a sad day when all three of them go. A hundred percent. Probably on the same day. Imagine. Yeah, Mike Dean. Well, Sends off David Luiz and Jose Mourinho as Arsenal win the title. Mm-hmm. I can see it now. Mm-hmm. There After it is. Give him another three year extension. <laughs> well, Patrick, I don't have anything to really comment on in Little Bit Leave It. We already discussed. We're standing. I, I'm forcing you into a loveless marriage of Fulham and West Brom to go down still. Maybe I can get you to see the light. Time will tell. I Fulham do want to West call Brom out- are the kids, and I'm sticking in it for them. Right, exactly, exactly. And Scott Parker's the nanny. And United, I I do want to call out United, is playing Leeds this week. So one of my takes is on the line that they will beat them by a margin of at least two goals. Mm. But as you know, with my Gareth Bale take, I do reserve the right, if that does not come to fruition, to call upon them to do the the same thing in the reverse fixture. Therefore, not perjuring my take. Understood. I reserve that right. I reserve that right. One that I'd like to remind you of, James, that I thought of that I forgot when it was buried deep down that Mm -hmm. I actually think is is is. I mean, it's gonna it's gonna come down to the wire no matter how Mm -hmm. it shakes out. But this one Uh could come good. I said that the title race would be decided by less than five points. That's right. You did say that. It was a weird summer. You said a lot of things. Second and third would be decided by less than ten points, and then fourth and fifth would also be decided by less than five points. And I think that one could come good. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot going there. Yeah, yeah. But it's a it is a parlay. So if any of them don't work, it's a loss. So it's mm-hmm. a full parlay. Mm-hmm. Okay, Patrick, I have a quote of the week before freak of the week. You want to hear it? Okay, I do. Okay, so this is uh, this was actually during the Arsenal Burnley game. They were talking about Obama Young's poor run of form. And they spoke to Premier League striker Darren Bent, who's been around the block for a while. You might know him, former Sunderland Sunderland striker, um, amongst others. And they talked to him on how he broke a bad run of goal-scoring form, and this is what he said. People always say, keep your head down and keep working hard. Do extra finishing drills and training. My philosophy was practice finishing less, because you're clearly practicing the wrong things to begin with. So my man's so, Darren Bent, when he was in a bad form, he would just do less training. Okay. Um, well, I guess that's why he's Darren Bent and not Thierry Henry. So <laughs> that, that's probably settled there. I don't know that's if that's a Kings. That's advice. a Kings stay Kings. It's like you're probably <laughs> practicing the wrong things to begin with. I'm just going to trust I mean, my gut. 
honestly though, I do I do just like love someone that has that kind of stones about their craft. It's like, guys, I'm overthinking this. Like, you haven't shown up yeah. in training in a week. Yeah. I'm gonna go take peyote in the desert. Oh. All right, Darren Bent. I, you know what? I want Darren Bent as a manager now. That would be a character I'd like added to the league. <laughs> You've come all the way around on him. Yeah, imagine, imagine. Hey guys, we just took a bad loss. Let's let's just skip training this week. I'll see you at the game on Sunday. <laughs> Everyone, go home. Be with the family. You right, got a lot to right. think about. Yeah. All right. Freak of the week. Um, I I have two. As is, as is, we've been sandwiching. Why don't you go first? Okay. Actually, we'll do like a, yeah. cr- a crustini here. Uh, my yeah. freak of the week is Anthony Taylor. Uh-huh. This loser uh-huh. can take Pep's fraudulent, hairless hands all the over his board. Gall. No problems. Yet, in the Champions League, Arturo Vidal just gives him a simple chest bump, and off he goes. Mm-hmm. What's with this double standard? Mm-hmm. I'm on. I'm. I'm with Jose here. I don't think yeah. Jose gets away with that. Pep and Klopp get a little bit, a little, little bit more leash. Maybe they've earned it. But my freak of the week is Anthony Taylor for being a little cuck boy and not laying down the law on Pep in a, in a time where you could have. It was stoppage time. It would have been no impact if you sent him off. It would have yeah, been great. Pat, Pat, this is my second freak. I mean, you hit the nail right on the head. I think this is some kind of bald fraud society where Anthony Taylor mm-hmm. is, is his brother, his brother in arms. He's got, Pep's got his arms all over his clock, the most sacred tool of the fourth official. And he's, he's just taking it. He's just sitting there and taking it, being absolutely assaulted. And I f- totally forgot about the Arturo Vidal comparison. So Vidal, the chest bump, it's actually a customary greeting in Chile and uh, you know he gets a red card for it, so so there is Second some kind yellow. of standard. Uh, I mean, Vidal, Vidal should have been sent off just to make that that point clear. Uh, Vidal was an idiot, uh, but it's more about maybe, the, uh, the maybe. hypocrisy. Yeah, well, that's, well I think Jose I think Jose they, hit the nail right on the head because Guardiola was actively trying to get him to not put up the board. It's like um, it, it's like uh, like a kid. Like if uh, he he couldn't hear his parents saying go to bed, he didn't have to go to bed. Like if Guard, if the fourth official didn't put up the extra time, the game could just go on forever. A hundred percent. Yeah, he was he was like no 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 no. It can't be. It can't be. And then the pleading. Yeah, yeah. You know what? I think I've sorted it. I think Arturo Vidal with his haircut that flaunts a bald head but shows he can still grow that like sweet little mohawk with all those designs, just rubbing it in Anthony Taylor's face. Probably just really just brushing the wrong way. Probably just flaunting it all smug. Just look at all this hair I can have. On, but, but hey, look at all see, these look, cool I designs bald. I can make. I can be bald just like you, but I'm not. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's only one clock manager in Manchester, and his name's Sir Alex. All you had to do was tap the watch, and they knew to add on two minutes arbitrarily. Oh, Fergie time, stuff man. Of, Don't stuff you of legends. It. Don't you stuff miss it? Stuff of legends. He would literally just tap his watch, and the fourth official would be like, "Oh shit, you're right. It is six minutes from like one <laughs> stoppage, like one stoppage in the game." Oh man, to have that level of influence—that's what I'm telling you with the Klopp thing. There, there's just this this aura, and all the other teams hate him, but they do respect him. And there's 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 something to be said too for that because his his mannerisms, as much as like he, you're never going to get. You might ask, okay, well, why are you gonna, you know? You know, do all the the gesticulating, posturing, whatever you want to call it, on the sideline. What, what? Why would you do all that? It's never going to reverse a decision. It does, I think, have some some of an impact. It 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 makes people know, like, 
you look at that incident and this human nature, you want to be like, mm-hmm. okay, I'm not biased. That's a foul, you know, or mm-hmm. I'm going to switch it. This, it, it, you know, you might get like some small things that don't go your way, but it has an influence if you do it over time, you know? And oh yeah. Especially when you, you're, you're at his level, you know, the, yeah. the greats always get more calls and, and, and all that and the more benefit of the doubt. So. Sure. You might not, not be getting it. that call in the moment, but right. they'll remember for the next call. You're making your point. Yeah. And dude, look, I wouldn't want Clock to be angry at me. You seen those teeth? No. No. I mean, stick a finger in there and you'll never get it back. Yeah, 100%, man. Just chomp. Believe, believe me. Right from experience. Right through the bone. Yeah. To the bone. All right, Patrick. My other freak, since we were so perfectly aligned on the first one, I got to give it to your boy, Muhammad El Nenny. The obvious choice would have been Jaka, but it's El Nenny for a couple reasons for me. I'm obviously talking about the Burnley game. So El Nenny uses egregious hands to the face to defend a corner after Jaka got sent off for hands to the face. The VAR official or VAR called the referee over to go look at it. Am I right in thinking he came back and gave El Nenny a yellow card, which I didn't even think was possible? Yeah, yeah. Well, I that's think, not I even think, allowed. In no, no. The but I, I, I think if you got a, if you got a chance to bone Arsenal, the FA encourages it. So that, that, that doesn't surprise me. Uh-huh. What does surprise me is one that he wasn't sent off, and two that you didn't get awarded a pen. If you're going to give the yellow card, like, does it matter that the game was stopped? But you know, I guess the freaks El Nenny. It's not the VAR official. So I'll, yeah, I'll seed. So, I'll seed my time. So yeah, the referee raised VAR put all the chips into the center of the table where VAR says, okay, when you go to the monitor, one of two things happen. One, you dismiss the entire thing. Two, it's possible dangerous conduct for a red and also a penalty because it is a foul. He comes back, he goes, yellow card, take the corner. It was a full-on Nick Cage door number three. Patrick. The best part is you can hear, I don't know if it was Chris Wood or if it was just someone else on Burnley. But someone was just like, how's that not a pen? Yeah, the best yeah, yeah. Part of having no that. fans yeah. in the stadium. Someone's just like, why, why, how's it not a pen? And he just like blows his whistle on with the corner. Patrick, that alone might not have made my freak. But the reason I gave it to him was El Nenny in real time problem solving and navigating situations in his brain. He realized he made a big old mess of the situation and said, I got to do something. I got to make myself... <laughs> I got to make myself look okay here. Dives straight to the ground, holding his face, making it look like a full coming together. Oh, you you can't beat it. You can't it's, beat it. It was live theater. Yeah, I I mean, look, it's just it's just a veteran move from the Premier League. You've seen leagues. it before. It's a known move, yeah, but this one was one of the most eloquent performances. Look, I mean, there's a reason he's the best Egyptian in the league, man. He's just, mm-hmm. he brings something to the table that others simply do not, James. No. And it's it's theatrics. He gets the game. Um, oh, man, he's, I, I love that guy. He can do no wrong for me. He's, okay. he's just a proper squad player, man. Good old Mo. Proper He'll score squad a banger player. this year. I got He's got a banger in him. He's already got one, but I mean like a Premier League banger that matters, not a Europa League right. one. Right, of course. Still haven't seen that goal. Anyway, goal of the week, Patrick. We can choose from match week 12. We can choose from what we've seen so far in match week 13. Options of plenty. Would you like to go first or do you want me to go first? I'll go first 
for me, the, this came down to three to three options, James. Okay. And if you don't if okay. you don't cover the two that I don't pick, I'll come back and and give some honorable mentions. But oh, I'm I'm actually really torn between between two. I am going to give it to the raw feet of athleticism and class that Sebastian Holler provided in West Ham with a true bicycle kick goal. As close as it was, it was a full-on overhead, left his feet, proper bicycle, can't take it away from him. And I think that those goals are just so few and far between, James. It's hard not to give it goal of the week, but I've, I've got a little pit in my stomach that I couldn't give it to another one. If we did it last week, it would have been a dead-on mm-hmm. one for me. But who's mm-hmm. your goal of the week? I mean, Sebastian Allaire was a lot of people's goal of the season so far. I, I have to confess, I think something's wrong with me. I think I'm sick of overhead kick goals. I think I'm tired of them. I think I'm over them. I, I Rooney does it once, and you're just set for life. Yep, exactly, exactly. Right on the button. I, <laughs> I don't. You know, we we still haven't published our rankings of of goal ratings. Like, what type of goal is the best goal? I, I something's wrong because bicycle kicks aren't doing it for me lately. I'm not getting that that jolt that I used to. So this one, I could acknowledge it was a good goal. It didn't give me that jolt. Um, I'm going with James Madison. I'm going with James was, Madison versus that Brighton. The one. That was the and one. The second, of course. Of course, of course. No, no, no. The first. I'm here to. I'm here to prove a point. <laughs> it was <laughs> the way he fashioned his own space. Opened up with the left foot. Yes, yes. The left foot. His off foot, and then curls in a beautiful goal against Brighton. Um, that made me feel something in a way the Allaire goal could not. And that is why it's my goal of the week. What was the third one? It was um, Jack Harrison's goal from today from Leeds. He hit a fucking belter from about oh, yeah. 30, 35 yeah. yards out after my, you know, dri- dribbling for, for quite a way. Might have saved my fantasy week. Come to think of it. Mm, mm. Yes, fantasy. <laughs> mm, yes, yes, yes. Mm, indeed. Very, very thank, astute thank observation, God. Thank God you didn't forget your take that you were going to win the league this year. Oh, yeah, I dropped that dropped one. Dropped that like it was hot. Yeah, you were like, you could still win. I'm like, no, trust me, I won't. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 trust me. This has no this has no space in my mind. No. There's enough things living rent-free up there. I didn't need one more. Yeah. All right, last but not least, I think you've got a little bit of uh, comeuppance for Degenerate District. You've been mushing quite a few things. I think it's time for the earner's statement and report and how you've been doing cool. and what we're going to do to remedy this. Before I get into that, James, I did have one quick um, men of culture that Ooh, I wanted to um, bring out here. So, no, of course, of course. Uh, I do like ending with a generic district. Uh, I just think it's a proper way to go out. So I do want to squeeze this in first. Uh, I thought it was interesting. Um, Jack Graylish got an 82,000-pound fine and a yeah. diving ban. Um, so nice to see the FA take some action there. Um, been getting sick of him falling on the floor. That was for diving? I'm sorry. That's a driving ban. Scratch that. Um, <laughs> my mistake. Driving ban. Um, so well, he will be yeah. taking the Bielsa route to the training ground from now on. Um, <laughs> diving. Not no driving. Not diving. 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 Driving. Diving. Anyway, the degenerate district. diners, drive-ins, and dives. <laughs> <laughs> We're all out. There's a guy fury. Um, degenerate district. Yeah, James. I've taken on a new um, philosophy, which I would not recommend to our listeners. I am paying for results. I consider 
myself to be paying for Chelsea losses because I'm going to mush the money line again. So I take a Chelsea money line. They win. I get paid. They don't. They don't. Win-win. So I wouldn't necessarily recommend that for your betting odds, but I do think Chelsea's going to come come back around uh, this week. But, yes, I've had a couple of loose ones. They didn't go so great. I did start betting on Tel Aviv and Israel and a couple teams in the championship, and I'm doing okay there, mm-hmm. but that's neither here nor there. We're back mm-hmm. to get some business this week. James? <laughs> I got caught up in lock- Tel Aviv. <laughs> It's, I saw him in the Europa League, and now we're going domestic, dude. I mean, they're they're mid table, but I I'm like seven for seven on their spread. They get no respect in the lines. I don't even. Dude, I'm just. It's it's incredible. It's incredible. They're like plus. They're plus two and a half. Like every game. Uh, just keep just just smash them. Um, there's like five Israeli leagues as well, and they seem to all be like first tier. I don't know how it works, um, but where I do know how it works. Guys, Villa, Burnley, United, Sheffield. I think those are two that I'm going to parlay together. My lock of the week, however, James, you're going to hate it. You're going to hate it. Don't and the reason I'm, I'm taking Fulham to take all three points away to Newcastle. Oh, okay. Investors, investors, you know who Fulham are, and you know that I've just done a – a bit of a 180 on them on their current form. They're in great form. James, the reason I'm making this my lock of the week at plus 190, the bet that I, I think is actually a better bet, is a push on zero. The spread is zero and on even odds. I like Fulham for draw or better there. However, for my lock of the week, I can't take a bet that can end in a push. I can't do that to my shareholders. So I'm taking Fulham plus 190. Little sweet little Christmas gift. Everyone gets a little bit of a, a two for one pay there. Another game that's actually probably should have been my lock of the week that I love is the over on Manchester United leads. You have a team mm-hmm. that is going to take it to Manchester United in leads, and you have one of the best counterattacking teams in the league that is going to be going at a wide open leads back line. I think there are goals in this game, James. This is my game of the week, Manchester versus Leeds. Other couple good games this week that I think is worth getting some action on. What was the Tottenham. over? Three. It's three. If you can get it at two and a half, great. Two and a half is an alternate line. I honestly might take four, over four and a half. I honestly wow. just for shits and gigs. Wow. I think it's they're giving you odds. Usually they stop at five. They're giving you odds up to six and a half in this game. They usually stop at five. So you can take an alternate line up to six and a half. So that's <laughs> that's what they think, the odds makers think of this game. Um so yeah, love that. Love that. Uh, I like Brighton versus Sheffield United, money line of minus one forty. I guess I'm just kind of telling you the lines I like, not really like cross. These are all meatballs, I suppose. This is basically what I'm taking this week. I think it's just smart. Bet against Sheffield until they give you a reason not to, uh, especially in these games where, you know, Manchester United minus 220, is it really worth it? I mean, probably. It's free money. Uh, So, yeah, I'm going to take that. But keep doing that. And then, James, my crock of the week. I want to do boxing. I guess we'll do one more before Boxing Day. My crock of the week. Where is it? Yeah, my yeah. crock of the week, Southampton, home to Manchester City, who is objectively ass, plus 550. Objective worth the ass. shout for me. Worth the shout for me, Southampton, plus 550 at home to City, who are giving points away like Oprah this year. 
And that's your degenerate <laughs> district. Perfect. Wrapped up in a parcel. Shipped. Is it delayed? We'll find out next week. Secure the package. Secure the package. We will be coming back before the Boxing Day fixtures. Are we going to record on Christmas Eve or Christmas and upset our families? Who's to say? Who's to say? We might. We might not. But you can count on us delivering for our fans one way or another. Call Patrick, the UPS man. He's shipping you dubs transatlantic. Is that everything, Patrick? I, that was all that I had written down as well. So, yeah, I think you covered it. Okay. That about wraps it up for this week on Prem de la Prem. Thank you guys so much for listening. Check out the gram. We'll be posting some stuff there. Last fan standing. Still trying to get it up on iOS. Stay tuned in there as well. We'll see you. For the holidays, on behalf of Patrick, this is James signing off. What's up, Prem heads? Make sure to find us on Apple Podcasts at Prem de la Prem, a Premier League podcast, and smash that subscribe button for all other interviews, segments, and hot takes that you can handle. You can also find us on Instagram for some fire content at Prem de la Prem podcast. No spaces, no punctuation, just like life.